It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. A lot to get to a packed edition of the podcast today. We're going to recap what we learned yesterday from BYU football in terms of their scheduling, the American Athletic Conference and the Mountain West Conference announcing their scheduling parameters. Some good news for BYU on that front. We'll break that down. Also need to talk about the new addition of Hinkley Ropati to the BYU football roster, the junior college transfer we've had on this podcast. He explains what he expects to do as a Cougar from that past interview we had with him. We'll talk about his potential impact. We'll also get you some news and notes revolving around BYU football and fall camp and catch you up on the Player Countdown series. So a very busy day here on the podcast, and it is brought to you today by our good friends at rockauto.com as well as Biomat USA located in Orem. We'll tell you about both of those companies here in just a little bit. With that rundown out of the way, let's not waste any time. Let's get to it here. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for August 6th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your original daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button if you're listening to us for the first time, so that way you never miss an episode of this show. Our aim here on the podcast, on this podcast in particular, is to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news and opinion that you cannot find anywhere else, as well as passing along insider tidbits that also will not be found anywhere else. So join us each and every day as we talk BYU sports, and a big thank you to all of you who continue to support this show. We're going to do another gear giveaway tomorrow on the podcast, your last chance to enter in to uh, get get some of that BYU Nike gear that I've got. Well, all you got to do is leave us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Those five-star ratings are what we're after. Leave us a note or two of what you like about the podcast, and we'll get you some gear. You're in the, you're in the lottery, so to say, to win that BYU gear. All right, kicking off today's show, let's talk about a new addition to the BYU football roster that should be official as of today, and that is Hinkley Ropati, the tr- junior college transfer from Cerritos Junior College down there in Southern California. A return missionary that we actually had on the podcast last month. I think it was July 14th. So if you wanted to rewind and listen to that entire episode, we had a long conversation with Hinkley after he originally committed to BYU. But he is reported to Provo. He's going to be joining the BYU football program. Speaking with somebody inside the program yesterday, his locker was all set up. He tweeted out a picture, or I guess put it on Instagram Live, of his new jersey, wearing the number three with the last name Ropati on it. So he should be on the practice field in relatively short order. I wouldn't be surprised if he's out there today practicing with the BYU football program. Now, what does he bring to an already pretty stocked running back group for BYU? Well, he brings one thing in particular, violence. Uh, he is a guy who is a pretty stocky build, 5'10", 215, 220 pounds. He is more in the mold of a quote-unquote Fui Vakapuna 
just a kind of power back that you see from BYU past, but I think that Hinkley's got a more well-rounded game as more than just a power back. He did talk to me when he had this original conversation about what he wants to show as a BYU running back, even though his rep is probably as a power back. You know, I, I know that's kind of like through my film, that's kind of probably what I yeah. show is a power back, but I've been working since then and I'm excited to just be a little bit more dynamic in my game, not just a power back, but yeah. hopefully in every down back. There you go, Hinkley Rapati talking about what he wants to show as a BYU running back. He wants to be kind of an all-around guy and I don't blame him one bit. And, I think what he's worked on, he's shown his athleticism. I think he's a sneaky good athlete uh, despite his size. Because you look at it, 5'10", 215 pounds, you're like, okay, that guy is just an absolute sledgehammer of a running back. He's got a little bit more than that. I think the one chief thing that Hinkley does not have, and it's no fault of his own, a lot of people don't have this, I don't have it for sure, is top-end speed. He doesn't have the Jamal Williams uh, fifth gear, I guess you could call it, where he really just take off once he breaks out into the open. Uh, you see on his film, he gets chased down by some speedier defenders at the junior college level, but he averaged a healthy 5.9 yards per carry. He just absolutely was a machine for Cerritos, and I think he's going to be a welcome addition to BYU's roster, especially in the aftermath of losing Devontae Henry Cole to that transfer up to Utah State. I think Hinkley is a guy you would actually pencil in as a rotation player right away for BYU, barring him not picking up the playbook quickly or an injury popping up or whatever it might be. But I think he's absolutely a guy that BYU should be excited to have and BYU fans should be excited to see on the football field because he does have the talent to really be an impact guy. I pulled some uh, bits from our interview back in July when I spoke with Hinkley about what he wants to show as a running back for BYU, what it means to him to be a part of the BYU football program. Let's let you hear those right now. When are you expecting to enroll? Are you going to be enrolling this winter? When are you expecting to come to Provo? As of right now, once I get back home and get things um, organized, um, most likely I'll be able to come by mid-year. Right now, I'm just getting my transcripts and all that done and figured out. And then once all that's done, I'll be coming as soon as possible. If I can come right now, then we're, we're going to get that going. I watched your highlight film from this past season at Cerritos, and the, the term I used when I tweeted it out on Twitter was violent. That was the that was the term I chose to use. <laughs> How would you describe your game on the football field? I like that term. <laughs> violent is definitely uh, a way to describe, but I feel like the best way to describe my style of play is just hard-nosed football. If we need to get the, the first down, then I'm going to get it, plain and simple. But at the same time, I like to think that I'm elusive on the field and make people miss, and I think that, that word describes perfectly <laughs> my style of play. When you show up to BYU, what do you expect to show BYU fans? I want to be able to show them that I'm there to contribute and to be able to help the team be successful in our season. In every single down, every single game, that I'm not there to play. I'm really there, you know, to not only, you know, play football, but I'm trying to get to the next level as well. And that's obviously the ultimate goal. And so you come in there, it's strictly business. And it's just, I'm just excited to come out there and just to be able to show everybody what I can do and how I can contribute to the team. There you go. Hinkley Ropati heard him talk about, hey, he was working on his transcripts at that point in mid-July, and it appears he got everything clear with the NCAA Clearinghouse, and he's going to be a part of the BYU football program this year. He said he likes the idea of violence being the, I guess, key word that revolves around his game. He also heard him talk about the fact it's a business decision for him to come to BYU. He has dreams of going to the NFL. He wants to be a guy who goes to the next level, and he sees BYU as that opportunity to do that. It doesn't hurt that he's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, has served a mission in the Philippines, but he's a young man that I think is 
highly motivated to come in and make an impact for the Cougars. And I think this is a welcome addition to the BYU football roster and looking forward to having Hinkley as a member of the BYU football program. With his addition, though, it also makes for a very stocked cupboard of running backs for BYU. Tyler Algier, Lopini Katoa, kind of the headliners of the position, guys you would expect to kind of be the 1A and 1B currently on the practice field and talking with people around the program. Those are the two main guys so far. Jackson McChesney, the kid out of Lone Peak off of a mission, had that monster performance against UMass last year. He is really looking good according to what I'm hearing out of practice so far at BYU. So they've already got three very established guys. And of course you have incoming freshmen like a Bruce Garrett out of Texas, who's going to be looking to make an impact. But I think Hinkley Ropati, the second he steps onto the practice field, he has the opportunity to, I think, really stand out. Obviously, we can't forget about Sione Finau. Uh, obviously, had a r- great year last year for the BYU football program. The question now for him is a matter of when he'll be cleared, not if. It appears that he will be back at some point this season for BYU. Obviously, we don't know when BYU is actually going to kick off their season, but he is steadily getting better and better and close to being cleared from that ACL reconstruction surgery he underwent in November last year. And it would be nice to see him back on the field. So I think you've got a lot of bodies there that are looking to prove themselves for BYU at running back. And based on how the seasons have gone the past three years, especially at running back, where BYU seemingly just can't keep guys healthy for an entire year, essentially since Jamal Williams left, having six, seven, eight guys on the roster at running back might not be a bad idea for BYU. So we'll see how it shakes out. But I think... uh, my main point here is that Hinkley Ropati, a welcome addition to the BYU football program. All right, some other news and notes around the BYU football program we'll get to here in just a minute. I also need to talk about the news involving the Mountain West Conference and the American Athletic Conference, their scheduling formats, and how it actually could help BYU as they try to put a season back together. has absolutely been decimated by conference-only announcements from the Power Five. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at rockauto.com. I told you guys a lot about this company over the past few weeks, and I'll continue to do so. What I love about rockauto.com is it's an online marketplace for all the parts your car, truck, your SUV could ever need, but you can customize it to your own personal liking. You go on there, search out your vehicle, look for the model year, and then tell it what part are you looking for. And then you can search by price, the exact specs you want in the part you're looking for. No matter what it is, the manufacturer, you can customize your experience at rockauto.com to fit whatever you like to do. Additionally, at rockauto.com, you don't have to join a special fraternity. You don't have to put in a code or something like that to get the price you want to pay. The prices are always reliably low there on rockauto.com. And additionally, uh, let's say you're a mechanic. Obviously, people have their car guys. Your mechanic can't go on rockauto.com and get a better price than you can. And on top of it all... Every part you order from rockauto.com, it's mailed directly to your door. They are making taking care of your vehicle as easy as possible and hoping to take a little bit of the bite out of how much cars can cost to fix. So go to rockauto.com, a 20-year-old company, a proud partner with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We love this company. They do great work. They want to make sure you guys are taken care of. When you do stop by rockauto.com, I hope you guys are going there in short order once this podcast is over to check it out. Make sure to mention Locked On and the How Did You Hear About Us box on their website so they know that we sent you. We love rockauto.com. I love them. They sent me a part for my car, a door handle. I've talked about it a few times recently, and it was a great experience. I, can, I can't recommend rockauto.com enough, guys. Check it out. rockauto.com, proud partner with us here on Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. 
It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Yesterday was day two of BYU football practice for fall camp. And of course, we're all kind of wondering when BYU is going to kick off the season. Uh, Obviously, they've started fall camp and they're expecting to play in the early part of September based on the current timeline. What I can tell you guys right now is BYU is approaching fall camp, and this is not breaking news. I've told you guys about this on a couple of different occasions over the past week or so, is that BYU is approaching fall camp very much on a day-by-day basis. They are just trying to make sure that they are being as safe as possible, as smart as possible, and then additionally, at some point here, we're going to find out, hopefully, that BYU's got some games scheduled. The dates on that are what matter. Whenever those dates are, when BYU officially will kick off the season, well, guess what? BYU may have to slow down their practices to really fit those games into how they're preparing for the season because you're only allotted, allotted excuse me, a couple, uh, a certain amount of practices during fall camp. I think it's around 30. And if you use all of them up, and let's say BYU were to go through the month of August, practiced every day, use up all 30 of their practices, and all of a sudden they're announced their first game is going to be on September 26th. We would even take a three-week break and then get into game week preparation ahead of a season opener. I, I don't think that would actually be the format BYU would take, but they'll be doing their best to keep guys motivated. And that's what Kalani Satake has already said. Uh, speaking with the media earlier this week, he talked about the fact, you know what? I've told the guys what we need to do is to control the controllable. We need to go out there and prepare as if we're preparing for a season. Even though we don't know officially who our opening opponent or opponents are, We just need to be ready to go regardless of whenever that is. As I mentioned yesterday, Oklahoma State and Iowa State are two teams from the Big 12 that absolutely have legs. I think the TCU and Texas Tech storylines, the connections with those programs are absolutely compelling for BYU football fans and could be options as well. I mentioned yesterday that Army is also an option now for BYU to schedule. As a fellow independent, Army's got a lot more latitude to schedule games. They haven't had nearly the amount of games that BYU has had canceled on them, so they may not not be able to adapt as much as BYU could, but Army is absolutely in the mix here. And I'm interested to see what happens. That brings me to what I'm trying to get to here is the Mountain West and the American Athletic Conference, two of the premier G5 conferences, if not the most premier of the G5 conferences. Well, they announced yesterday their scheduling formats. The Mountain West Conference, of which BYU is a former member, is going to go with an eight-conference game plus two non-conference game model. Uh, Chiefly, the reason for the plus two is to allow Air Force to play both Navy and Army for the Commander-in-Chief's trophy. It makes sense. That also is some good news for BYU. Currently has three Mountain West teams on their schedule with San Diego State, Utah State, as well as, uh, who am I forgetting, Boise State. Sorry, Boise State. Of course, the Broncos. Now, also in the announcement from the Mountain West is their season will not kick off until September 26th. So let's say BYU doesn't get one of these early season matchups with the Big 12 set in stone for whatever reason, and they decide, you know what, Mountain West is our best option. Well, BYU's not kicking off the season then until September 26th, and that could be a game, let's say, uh, Utah State gets moved up a week, because Utah State game currently for BYU is October 2nd, which according to the timeline the Mountain West Conference has put out, would be the second week of their season. 
I could see a game like Utah State being moved up very easily and slotted into that first weekend for Mountain West Conference purposes. I don't know if that will come to fruition, but it very easily could happen. Obviously, some other things that uh, come out with that is that the American Athletic Conference has announced they're going to play eight conference games as well, but essentially have not, in essence, they have not limited their members from how many non-conference games they can play up to four. They can play up to 12 games, it sounds like. Obviously, the, the, all these conferences are going to be conferences are going to be monitoring things very closely. Want to make sure everything is uh, signed off, sealed, and delivered. Dotting the I's, crossing the T's, whatever term you want to use, they're going to be doing their due diligence. That means BYU and Houston should be on because Houston, as a member of the American Athletic Conference, should be able to come to BYU to play that game in theory. Now, can BYU pick up some games against some other American Athletic teams to fill in their schedule? You'd like to think so. I think they have some of the premier programs in that conference or the teams like a Memphis, like a Cincinnati out there. Uh, Navy, also a member of the conference, and with Ken Niamatololo, the head coach there at Navy, there might be some reciprocal interest in that potentially coming to fruition. But... I think the nice part is both the Mountain West Conference and the announcement from the American Athletic Conference yesterday, both of those conferences actually have put out announcements that should be good news for BYU. I still think the Cougars are going to schedule around 10 games. I think 10 games is kind of the sweet spot uh, based on what the Power 5 is doing. And who knows ultimately if we're actually going to play games. We need to put that caveat in there. I know it's depressing to talk about all the time, but there's still a large concern that BYU and the rest of college football might not play. UConn yesterday, if you guys didn't hear that, I probably should pass that along as well. The UConn Huskies, a fellow independent, announced that they are not going to play this season. They're the first of the 130 FBS programs to call it a day and say, you know what, it's not worth it to us financially uh, to play the season. And that they're moving on. Uh, we'll see what happens with UConn. But I don't think UConn is the quote-unquote harbinger of what's, what's to come for college football. UConn, a team that's absolutely struggled for the last, what, seemingly decade plus, one of the real losers in conference realignment, a former member of the Big East Conference when it sponsored BCS level football. I just look at it and it's a tough deal for, for UConn, but BYU's got some cachet nationally. And obviously ESPN in their back pocket as their broadcast partner is going to help things. I expect BYU to put a schedule out here in the next little bit that I think will actually, all things considered, be fairly stout. I think if you can get one, two, three uh, Power 5 teams, even though you will, you will have to travel uh, to those Big 12 conference games, uh, but also maybe if you can get some AAC games and some Mountain West games to fill in as home games on the flip side... In terms of putting a schedule together on the fly with the limited resources and the limited amount of teams that you could schedule from, in theory, it wouldn't be a bad schedule. And uh, we'll break this more down for you at some point here as we get closer and closer to the season. But I think the preparation for BYU, what Kalani Satake is preaching to his players is, hey, we don't know when, we don't know who right now, but we need to do our part and prepare as if we're getting ready for a season and do so with a purpose. There's none of this lackadaisical play. And talking with some people around there, at least through the first two days of practice, BYU really looks sharp. And that's a good thing to hear. The question is, is how long can they keep that up without knowing who they're going to play, when they're going to play, or if they're going to play? I don't know the answer to that. You'd like to think that the coaching staff, speaking of Kalani and his, and his assistants, can keep the players engaged and have them really ready to go. But 
at some point here, that sheen, that uh, that funness of being out there practicing football, it does wear off. And as camp wears on, it gets just kind of more and more dull. And you'd like to see some schedule announcements come out and let these players know, this is when you're playing, this is who you're playing, and then they can really kind of think refocus and really get locked back in. And that should help them kind of keep things up. We'll see what happens. But I think the positive news is, is the Mountain West and the AAC appear to be uh, putting together something that should help BYU with their scheduling. And here's hoping over the next week or so, we start seeing some more news about BYU and scheduling games. I think they see BYU come out with an announcement, at least for at least game by game, maybe. If you get one locked down, announce it. Don't just wait and say, well, here's our new schedule. If I'm BYU, you can dominate headlines by putting together games, and each announcement of it is going to be celebrated by BYU fans. So might as well take the pub while you can get it and just get them out there. So it's a very interesting situation all the way around, but I look at it as a positive for BYU. They're doing their part, preparing it with a purpose, and here's hoping that the athletic administration chief among them, Tom Homo, gets them some good news in the coming days and weeks to let them really stay locked in and get ready for a season to come. All right, uh, coming up here in just a second, we will stay with the BYU football topic, but we will get to our player countdown series. We need to talk a little bit about the best Cougars to have worn the respective numbers of 29 and 28. I forgot to talk about number 29 yesterday. Apologies for that, but we will catch up on that next, as well as passing along a couple of news and notes out of the BYU football program that I'm hearing from people inside the program as practice is just underway. So a couple of notes for you coming up here in just a second. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Biomat USA in in Orem. Probably wondering, okay, Biomat USA, what is it? Well, Biomat USA is a plasma donation center, and right now they need your guys' donations, and I mean that sincerely. They need as many donations as they can get on a daily basis because of the do- because of the plasma that they collect goes into life-saving medicines and uh, therapies that help your fellow man out. There's so many different ways plasma is used. I couldn't list them all in the time we have allotted here, but I want to encourage you guys, if you have the ability to Go donate your plasma. The best part about it is with Biomat USA, they will pay you for your donations. The more you donate in a month, and if any of you have donated plasma, you know the format here. The more you donate in a month, the more money you can make. And obviously right now, the economy, we're all kind of looking at things and wondering, okay, when's it going to bounce back? Will it bounce back? All the different things. If you need some extra cash in your pocket, here's a real simple way to do it. Go to Biomat USA, 349 East University Parkway in Orem, right across the street, right across State Street there from the University Mall. If you know where the Sizzler is at, they're right there in that area right behind the Sizzler next to the Big Five Sporting Goods. You know exactly where I'm talking about if you've been in the greater Orem area. It's right there near that intersection of University Parkway and State Street. Stop by. They're open Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. So they're open from the early morning to the late evening. They can fit your schedule and check it out, guys. Also open on Saturdays from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. as well if, if a weekend works better for you. Like I said, they need your donations. That's the chief thing among it. Especially, and by the way, I probably should mention this as well. If you've had COVID-19, you suspect you've had COVID-19 and you've since recovered from it, the antibodies, what they call convalescent plasma, the antibodies in your plasma is like is the most needed thing out there the parent company of biomat usa griffles is looking into how convalescent plasma or the antibodies in plasma can be used to fight this virus build a vaccine for it etc so there is just a massive critical urgent need for donations of plasma 
Check them out. That's our good friends at Biomat USA, 349 East University Parkway in Orem. If you want to learn more about it, have any questions, feel free to call them, 801-235-9800. Make sure to mention that Locked On Cougars and Jake Hatch sent you when you stop by, guys. Check it out. That's our good friends at Biomat USA, 349 East University Parkway in Orem, a proud partner with us here on Locked On Cougars. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. As we close out this Thursday edition of the podcast, let's run down the player countdown series. Let's know who took the honors with number 29 and 28 on the countdown. Of course, this countdown started when BYU was originally going to start the season September 3rd against the University of Utah. Of course, that got nixed around, what, the 50-day mark. But we've continued on. We've soldiered on with this player countdown series, and we are 28 days away from finishing it up. Uh, of course, the number zero is a hot number this year for BYU and the rest of college football, as it'll be the first year that the number zero is being allowed to be worn. Cody Epps, the incoming freshman sensation from modern day high school at BYU, will wear that number for the first time in BYU football history. And it's kind of a cool thing. He's an incoming freshman. And I have to tell you guys this much, talking with people around the program, Cody Epps is legit, at least through the first two days of practices. And essentially since he showed up in Provo, he showed up in July uh, getting ready for the coming season. And he has been nothing if not spectacular for a true freshman. Everything he proved at Modern Day had over 1,700 yards. And Modern Day, if you know anything about prep football, they are one of the top five programs nationally every year. Year in and year out, annually, Modern Day is a top five national program at the high school level. And when you're the leading receiver from that program or that team, it's a wonder why he wasn't recruited by bigger programs. I think part of it has to do with his size. He's listed at five foot 11, 170 pounds on BYU's roster. But... I can tell you this much, talking with people around the program who have seen him so far since he showed up in Provo, he is absolutely standing out, and it wouldn't be surprising to see him in the rotation and in a heavy part of the rotation for BYU this coming fall. So Hinkley, not Hinkley Ropati, we already talked about Hinkley Ropati, excuse me, Cody Epps wearing the number zero, so I can already tell you this much, when we get to the end of the countdown, number zero, the best Cougar to have worn that number? Cody Epps, because guess what? He's the first one. Uh, We'll see if there's more of that down the road here in coming years, etc., obviously, but kind of a fun thing there. But of course, you need to catch up on day number 29 and 28 today. Our finalists at number 29 included former BYU punter Derek McLaughlin, uh, former BYU pitcher Nate Fernley, former BYU wide receiver Chris Hell, and probably wonder why Chris Hale is on here because he didn't do much in his BYU career, to be honest. But he has a very famous touchdown catch to beat Washington as a true freshman that essentially was the uh, pit, was the pinnacle of his BYU career as a true freshman. Caught a touchdown pass that helped BYU upset uh, the Huskies and a monster game and a monster catch in that game for Chris Hell gets him on this list here. And then finally, BYU running back sensation Jamal Willis. And you, as you would expect, Jamal Willis absolutely dominating in the voting 
as of recording it, 94.9% of the vote. Absolutely crushing the rest of the competition. This might be the biggest landslide, landslide victory we've had in the player countdown series, and we've had a number of landslides, but Jamal Willis, that touchdown run he had against Notre Dame, obviously was BYU's leading re, uh, rusher for a number of years before Harvey Unga took that away from him, and then summarily that was taken away by Jamal Williams. But... Oh, man, Jamal Willis, a great player, still works here locally with athletes. A number of BYU players still train with him. And Jamal Willis, easily the best Cougar to have worn the number 29. And then our finalists at number 28 today include former BYU running back slash returner Adam Hine, former BYU outfield sensation Gary Cooper, former BYU defensive back and safety Dustin Gabriel, and then the man Fleet Pete Van Valkenburger, running back for BYU and the fan voting essentially came down to Adam Heaney against Pete Van Valkenburg, two running backs from different eras of BYU football. But as you'd expect, Fleet Pete, a national sensation and All-American in the 1970s for BYU, he took the honors. As of recording, 64.9% of the vote going in favor of Fleet Pete. Adam Heaney in second place with 26.3%. Gary Cooper with 3.5%. And Dustin Gabriel with 5.3% to round out the finalists on this. And it's an easy selection of this one, too. We have running backs dominating the day today. And that is Pete Van Valkenburg at number 28. Like I said, an All-American in 1972. Really helped uh, Lavelle Edwards uh, kind of tied over the, the period he needed to, I think, really get things going with that air raid offense that he developed and the revolutionary offense that would go on to revolutionize college football. Well, guess what? Pete Van Valkenburg, you may not believe this, actually ran for a number of yards for Lavelle Edwards when he first started out. Speaking of Coach Edwards' tenure there for BYU, but Van Valkenburg, a great legend for BYU. And to have the nickname Fleet Pete, it's kind of a cool nickname to have. And I just look at it and I, I just reading about this guy was an absolute star for the Cougars. There's no doubt about it. He was drafted in the third round of the 1973 NFL Draft by the New Orleans Saints and then ended up playing with the Buffalo Bills that season. Six foot two, 200, uh, not 295 pounds, 195 pounds out of Salt Lake City, Utah. Just a great player. There's no doubt about it. And he went on to have a 1,386-yard rushing season in 1972 for Lavelle Edwards in his first year as head coach there. 12 touchdowns and absolutely was a sensation. An AP third-team All-American just a great, great story, and obviously an easy selection. It's the best Cougar to have worn the number 30, not the number 38, number 20. I am all over with my numbers. I apologize about that. Number 28 in BYU history, Pete Van Valkenburg, as well as Jamal Willis taking the honors at number 29. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the podcast. A big thank you to all of you who have continued to support this show. It is a blast to talk with you guys each and every day. I have so much fun talking BYU sports, especially when it's fall camp time, BYU practicing right now. We'll have our insiders, insight coming from them who are on site to watch BYU practice. going to be a very limited group of people who are going to be able to watch the Cougars this fall, and we'll bring it to you right here each and every day on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Make sure to follow the show on social media. Check us out, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed where I put up a lot of updates as well is at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. And feel free anytime to email the show, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address for the show. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. I hope you guys are all doing well, being smart, being safe. 
It's been a fun Thursday here on the podcast, and we will be back with you guys again soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 6th, 2020. We will catch you guys tomorrow. Listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.